0: Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you're listening, and wherever you're watching, you are having a terrific Tuesday. One of the crazier games this calendar season we've been able to witness as Grizzlies fans, but also one of the better experiences we've had amid chaos. It's always great when you can get a victory, but also unexpected sources. Of success, Jaw was a star, the bench was phenomenal, but the return of Grizzball as well as Brandon Clark, stole the show. That and much more on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Let's get it going. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Once again, a terrific Tuesday to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening and watching. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me right here at Stats SAC on Twitter, the show at Locked On Grizz, the podcast wherever it's available, free on all platforms: Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we will be. And right here on YouTube as well. Make sure you hit that subscribe button below. Leave us a comment. Always love interacting with our listeners and viewers. Want to make sure that you, we know you're enjoying the show. Others that enjoy Great Grizzlies content can find the show as well. And of course, just making the overall show the best experience it can be for everyone. Of course, you when you listen to the podcast, listen, review, subscribe. Let us know what you think of the show. We're always wanting to provide content that is relevant to our listeners' preferences. want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day, but don't forget to check out all the latest from around the NBA on the Locked On NBA podcast, available in the same formats that Locked On Grizzlies is. After you make Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day, check out the Locked On NBA podcast for your second listen. want to also remind you of our title sponsor for today's show, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. So over the weekend, the Grizzlies had two days off following a blowout loss at the hand of the Washington Wizards on the road. And this has been a pattern for the Grizzlies over basically the past two weeks. You lose big to Portland, the very next night have a very, very big time win against the Golden State Warriors. You get blown out two weekends ago against Miami. Come back, you beat Denver two games in a row at home. And then on Friday night, The Grizzlies, once again, get blown out by a very good Washington Wizards team. And what do the Grizzlies do? They come back last night, and in a chaotic night, just one, I think Sam Bessany, excuse me, it was Zach Lowe who described the game being drunk. I saw that description or analogy used several times last night on Twitter and social media, but a very chaotic game that thankfully resulted in a victory for the Grizzlies. It didn't look like that. For much of the game, for much of the game, as a matter of fact, for much of the first three and a half quarters of the game, it seemed like that the Grizzlies were going to suffer a second straight disappointing loss. The starters, unfortunately, looked sluggish coming out of the gate. They got down big. The bench was able to bring them back in the second quarter. Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, who we'll discuss throughout this podcast, Zaire Williams not available due to injury. He was ruled out before the game. Brandon Clark was going to get minutes. It seemed like a night that was a good setup for him to not only get minutes, but meaningful minutes with a you know a fast pace on on-the-run type game. And from the moment Brandon Clark stepped on the court, he was one of the most impactful presences in the game. That is correct. He had some of the biggest impact plays all night, in the first half, even until the final buzzer. But it was once again the Grizzlies bench, led by an excellent half from Kyle Anderson, as well as... Brandon Clark, that really stepped up. And the Grizzlies' defense struggled in the first quarter, but they were able to make an adjustment in the second quarter. They were able to get the Timberwolves out of rhythm. And after allowing 34 points in the first quarter, the Grizzlies only allowed 20 in the second quarter. So things started to look up. The Grizzlies went into halftime with a four-point lead. And the thing is, is that Taylor Jenkins, that's been a calling card of his, a strength of Taylor Jenkins so far in his coaching career, has been the ability to make halftime defensive adjustments that really made the Grizzlies one of the best third-quarter teams over the past two years. Well, it seemed like that he once again did it. De'Anthony Melton came out and was a man on a mission. He was the best player on the court for much of the first six minutes of the third quarter. The problem is, is that in the second part of the third quarter, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards for of the Timberwolves absolutely went off. D'Angelo Russell could not be stopped from deep. Anthony Edwards complimented that by doing great in isolation. The Grizzlies could not get a stop against the Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves extended that into the fourth quarter, getting up by as much as 16 in the fourth quarter. But that's when the Grizzlies finally decided to get back what works for them. With a little under six minutes left in the game, the Grizzlies put in the lineup of John Morant. Dylan, uh, Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Anderson, and Jaron Jackson Jr., and did not look back. At one point, a 18-2 run, if my calculation is correct, five forced turnovers and 12 points off those turnovers, and the Grizzlies were able to overcome a 12-point deficit to where they even had a three-point lead at the end of regulation, but Carl Anthony Towns hit a three to tie the game. But in the midst of all this, there were five second out-of-bounds violations, there was an eight-second violation. There was a 24-second violation. Everything you could possibly think of that would indicate very good effective sound defense, the Grizzlies were able to pull out of their hat. And even when the game went into overtime and Jaron Jackson Jr. fouled out who emerged and made big energy plays to seal the victory for the Grizzlies, it was Brandon Clark. And that is what made the difference for the Grizzlies. John Morant, while while we mentioned DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Anderson and Brandon Clark, who stepped up all all that trio, did a wonderful job as the supporting cast. John Morant was once again again the star. 33 points, eight assists, six rebounds. After D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards had their extremely productive third and early fourth quarters, it was John Morant who stepped up late in the fourth quarter to take on the scoring burden for the Grizzlies. But of course, Kyle Anderson, over the past 10 days, has absolutely stepped up. 12 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. DeAnthony Melton, 19 points, three threes, two steals, one block. Mr. Do-Something was doing plenty last night. But Brandon Clark was the person that stole the show. 20 points on the night. His first time scoring 20 points since March March 12th of last year. Only the third time he has scored 20 or more points this calendar year in, in nearly 70 games now played, and only the seventh time he scored 20 or more points in the game. It truly was one of the best games in Brandon Clark's career, and you could possibly say his best overall performance in the NBA considering... In the, Over the previous week, he was out of the rotation to the point that credible sources, though there wasn't anything to report, it's not like the Grizzlies were having discussions, but credible sources around the NBA were speculating, hey, Brandon Clark's a guy who probably needs a change of scenery. Well, he just basically needed opportunity, and that's exactly what he did. But a couple of other key takeaways besides Brandon Clark, who we'll talk about a bit more in a bit. Besides individually, how well several Grizzlies stepped up, It was the Grizzlies' defense that really made the difference when it needed to. For three and a half quarters, it struggled, especially the starters. Steven Adams was not an asset in this game. He struggled against the fast pace of Minnesota's offense. But when the Grizzlies made the adjustments that they needed to make late in the game, it made all the difference in the world. The Grizzlies got stops when they had to get them, and Minnesota did not. That made the key difference in the game. But the other thing. That stood out. Now I mentioned it on yesterday's show. The Grizzlies creating advantages out on the run and in the paint. They did it all last year to help them out. They weren't doing it so much this year, but last night they did. The Grizzlies scored 28 points off turnovers, 56 points in the paint, and 20 paint and 23 points via the fast break significantly higher marks than what they've been averaging so far this year but even more importantly were the advantages they were plus 10 on points off turnovers plus eight on fast break points and plus 14 points in the paint the grizzlies got back to playing Grizzball. i don't know if that's a proper term but that's what i'm going to call it they got back to the areas of the game that they naturally have the ability to create advantages in due to the skill sets of the roster, and it also made all the difference in the world. I don't want to necessarily call this a complete victory. There certainly were struggles, both offensively and defensively. But what I will say is, is that I do think that there was some certainty gained that Brandon Clark needs to be a part of the rotation, that the bench has certainly arrived, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But also, the Grizzlies know what their lineup looks like that they need to go to when they need to really make the most of an opportunity. And that certainly shined. Last night. But of course, as I mentioned, while the starters have struggled here recently, the Grizzlies bench has once again emerged as one of being being one of the better benches of the NBA, and it could not have come at a better time. But before we get into that, I want to ask you this question Do you have the tendency? to subscribe to free trials or subscribe to advertisements for subscriptions. And before you know it, you wind up owing money to different places that you didn't think you were going to. Those free trials, basically they renew without your consent. It's a business scam out against you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forget about. On average, people save up to $720 a year year via Truebill. And because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts to Truebill, and it will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Don't fail for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com/slash locked on NBA. Go right now, truebill.com/slash locked on NBA. It can save you thousands a year. Truebill.com/slash locked on NBA. One thing though that I think that we all could get on board with is a fun and exciting new way to be able to enjoy betting and wagering when it comes to sports, and that's Prize Prize PrizeFix has the best NBA daily fantasy prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. So if you wanted to perhaps bet on the prop that John Morant has more than eight assists in a game, you can do that or you could just as easily do it as if Kyle Anderson will have two threes in the game. Whatever level, whatever player you want to bet on, PrizePix is the place for you. Basically, you pick two or five players and over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is your daily fantasy made easy. I love it and know you will too. Check out PrizePix today. We can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But another weekend has gone by and another weekend of significant developments in the NFL. Not only in terms of on the field, but where could potentially Odell Beckham wind up now that he's been released from the Browns? What could be the fallout of the Matt Jones and Brian Burden's situation from the Carolina Panthers and New England Patriots game. All that can be found on the Locked On NFL podcast. Whatever your team you choose to enjoy, I'm enjoying the success of my Titans so far this year. So I check out Locked On Titans as much as I can. After Locked On Grizzlies as your first listen of the day, make sure to check out your favorite team's Locked On NFL podcast show. Again, free on podcast platforms or here on YouTube. So obviously last night, the Grizzlies... Had a, a probably they didn't have the recipe of success they wanted, but they wound up being able to get the victory. And a big thing about this Grizzlies team is we continue to see, yes, up and down play, but we're also starting to see some positive and negative trends start to sustain. And one of the things that clearly is standing out is that while a few weeks ago, I was talking about the Grizzlies potentially having the best starting five in the NBA after a few games in the season, and they were playing like it, what has occurred is that the Grizzlies starters have regressed. They are struggling, especially on defense. But thankfully, one of the better bets of this Grizzlies team to be among the best in the NBA coming into this season, that uh, uh, the part of the team that we felt that was going to be that has emerged as clearly being a source of success for the Grizzlies now is their bench. They got off to a bit of a slow start. The Grizzlies bench to start the season certainly struggled. That had a lot to do with trying to figure out who was going to play between Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark and Kyle Anderson getting off to a slow start to the season. But over the past week, basically since the calendar has turned to November, this Grizzlies bench is finally finding its groove and is really starting to be a point of success for the Grizzlies. When the Grizzlies are getting victories, A big reason why is they are once again dominating the bench minutes. That's what really shined for the Grizzlies last night. Those those end of the first, early second stretches have been a big source of the success for the Grizzlies to get back in games to earn some of their victories, as well as that late third to early fourth stretch as well. But a lot of it has to do with the individual successes of several players. Tyus Jones, obviously we know he's off to another phenomenal start. When it comes to his assist to turnover ratio, but he also is shooting better. He's showing the scoring prowess that really allowed for him to be a significant asset during the 1920 season, shooting the ball well, getting to the basket with authority. He's playing very well, especially against other second units. Of course, Xavier Tillman. He has done quite well. A consistent source of positive success. Last night, Xavier Tillman, especially in the second quarter, did a very good job of when he was out on the perimeter holding his own against some very talented perimeter players from the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's showing true value as a defensive player. Those Zaire Williams did not play last night, his three-point shooting success over the past week, those have created shooting surges that have allowed the Grizzlies to have big first quarters. That certainly has been helpful. John Conchar has certainly done well, probably not as well as he would do in a more reduced role, but he certainly has added the energy that we typically look to see. But perhaps the two most exciting pieces of the bench puzzle for the Grizzlies emerged last night in the form of Kyle Anderson as well as Brandon Clark. Now, with Brandon Clark, as I had mentioned, he had been out of the rotation for the previous week. Basic reason why is that, Taylor, as I mentioned, Xavier Tillman probably has the consistency factor as well as the actual skill set that aligns more with what Taylor Jenkins is looking for in a big. However, last night certainly proved what many of us have been saying all along. Brandon Clark simply has a higher ability to impact a game than Xavier Tillman, at least right now, just due to the skill set that Brandon Clark can make. Brandon Clark can step up on both ends of the court, and last night, that's exactly what he did, and it made all the difference in the world. Last night made it clear Brandon Clark needs to be a part of the rotation. And if he becomes a part of the rotation, not only can you mix and match him with Jaron and Xavier Tillman and, and um, Kyle Anderson for different looks in lineups in the front court, but he's someone that can add elements to both the offense and the defense. He can go outside on the perimeter and hold his own for at certain times on the perimeter against guards. He can also do well in the paint as a deterrent at the rim, And of course, the biggest thing that stood out last night offensively was the spring that was in the step of Brandon Clark. Being a lob finisher, being someone who is finishing his floaters, looking like he did his rookie season. He's looked more, last night he looked more like rookie Brandon Clark than we've seen in quite a while. And that version of Brandon Clark is an absolutely advantageous piece for the Grizzlies to feature. But the other big driving force as to why the Grizzlies have been so successful from their bench over the past a few over the past week, basically since the calendar turned November, is the reemergence of of Kyle Anderson. This Kyle Anderson that has been playing over the past ten days is very similar to the Kyle Anderson that we saw in the first half of last season when he was a true candidate for most improved player, shooting over forty percent from three. on uh, on a per-36 scale, scoring 12 to 15 points, grabbing 8 to 10 rebounds, passing 3 to 5 assists, finding, uh, along with very good defense, so many different ways in which he's contributing to winning. This time around, though most improved player is probably not in the cards, Kyle Anderson truly has performed at the level that you typically see a sixth-man-of-the-year candidate perform. I'm not saying he's one of the favorites right now, but I'm saying that if you're looking for a player off the Grizzlies bench who can make that type of impact, who can make the type of impact that you would be looking for from an ideal six man of the year candidate, that's how Kyle Anderson has performed over the past 10 days. And it's been sorely needed for the Grizzlies with how much this team has struggled in terms of its starters defensively. Once the benches come into the game, the defense has stepped up. Mixing starters with bench players has allowed for the defense to step up. So it's not just offensively. It's not just that the Grizzlies experience or natural ability on their bench is out-athleting or out-experiencing other second units. It's the two-way ability. I've mentioned it for over a year now. The unique thing about this Grizzlies bench is how good it could be defensively compared to other NBA reserve units. And once Dylan Brooks returns, that could even be better once you consider DeAnthony Melton potentially going to the Grizzlies bench. So the Grizzlies bench now has 10 days as a reference point to know that it truly can be an advantage for this Grizzlies team. And we talked about it before the season started. For this Grizzlies team to be the best version of itself, to have the best chance of being able to make it to the playoffs by betting on their young core, it would need the support of a strong bench. Though it did take a few games, That strong bench is here now, and it's making a huge difference. But it's not just the bench making huge difference when going up against other NBA benches. The other thing that is emerging about this bench unit is that the mixture of both starters and bench players a lot of times are leading to the Grizzlies' most advantageous two-way lineups. We saw that last night in the closing minutes. With that in mind, the Grizzlies going forward, especially when it comes to their front court rotations, they could look to go their decisions on who plays what role could be more based off matchups going forward. And that actually is an advantage for the Grizzlies, despite the fact that they won't be going with a clear structure. That could be an advantage for Memphis. I'll discuss that in just a moment. But as I mentioned before, The Grizzlies have great depth. And the great thing about it is you have so many working parts that make the Grizzlies better as a result. And if you want The same idea to work for your car, you may need to upgrade parts in time. And with the winter coming around, that may be something that you have to look into. Well, look no further than rockauto.com. If you go to rockauto.com, first off, you're going to be able to find what you need. Regardless of the make and model, regardless of the part, it's going to be there. And the other thing that stands out is that this is a family owned business. They've been in business for more than 20 years. They know that car parts sometimes fall out of budget. So they try to make things as economically friendly as possible. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the car parts you'll ever need, visit rockauto.com today. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, LaMelo Ball arrives in Memphis. The Grizzlies and John Morant versus Charlotte and LaMelo Ball, a marquee matchup of two of the best young point guards in the NBA. But with that in mind, has Job Morant followed through with what he said before the season? Is he performing like a top five point guard so far this year? We'll look into that, plus preview the Grizzlies and the Hornets, which should be another really fun game, even beyond both Ball and Morant being on the court together. That and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So I, if you followed the show for a while, one thing that I think you can say about what I enjoy about basketball and sports as general. And I'm a big numbers guy. I love looking at the game from the lens of statistics, from analytics, what have you. So I can tell you certainly that, you know, stats are a really fun aspect of things, but you also have to keep in mind sample size. And the reason I bring that up is because when it comes to single game statistics, especially lineup statistics, you can only put so much emphasis on, on one game's sample size of lineup statistics. However, I do also feel that you can, that you also can certainly use the relevance if there is a clear night and day difference between one lineup and the other. And I bring that up because last night truly revealed a trend that we've started to see emerge, but we started to really see Why the Grizzlies moving forward may need to have a customized approach to their front line, to their um, front court rotations based off matchups. Last night, the starting lineup for the Grizzlies played 10 total minutes together. They played Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson Jr., DeAnthony Melton, um, Desmond Bain, and John Morant for 10 minutes. That lineup last night had a negative 42. Point nine net rating. Their de- the defensive rating was a negative one forty two point nine. The Minnesota Timberwolves, were, the, the Grizzlies, could not stop the Timberwolves when their starting lineup was on the court. When the Grizzlies simply substituted Kyle to play the four for Steven, that would put Jaron at the five, and then a three guard lineup of Jaw, Melton, Desmond Bain to support Kyle and Jaron. That lineup played for eight minutes. The majority of that was the fourth quarter when the Grizzlies came back. That lineup had a 92.3 net rating with a 71 net d- d- defensive rating. That's how awesome of a difference going with Kyle Anderson and Jaron at the five was compared to Stephen Adams at the five and Jaron at the four. Yes. The decision of going with Brandon Clark and Kyle Anderson to support Jaron Jackson Jr. over Stephen Adams won the game last night for the Grizzlies. However, Last night, that made all the difference in the world. But that's the thing. This is not meant to be a slight to Steven Adams. It's just simply to point out that the Grizzlies now have proof that there are going to be times where Steven Adams is an asset, like he was in the first game against the Cleveland Cavaliers when rebounding was needed with Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen on the court together, like he was against Timber in a slow-paced type game where, once again, rebounds are important against teams like Utah, against other teams where they're going to have bigs on the court, Steven Adams is going to be a valuable asset for the Grizzlies again in the future. However, there are also going to be games where you've got fast-paced, perimeter-based approaches, both for the Grizzlies and for the opposition, where smaller, more athletic, faster lineups are going to be more effective. And that's what proved to be true last night. It could actually be true again tomorrow night as well. So though Steven Adams struggled last night, it's not meant to be a slight to him to say that sometimes he's just not going to be an effective option for the Grizzlies in high leverage and closing moments. However, I also think that it's fair to say that one thing that we do know about this Grizzlies team is that right now their starting lineup is struggling. And Steven Adams being on the court is not having a desired effect like many had hoped it would. The reason that I'm saying that is because, yes, Stephen Adams may be a better, he may be a more reliable option away from the rim than some other traditional centers. However, with him on the court, the Grizzlies just simply are not stopping teams from being able to score. They're running into a lot of early season um, experiences where teams are having their best shooting nights against the Grizzlies. That's early season shooting variance. That should normalize in time, though the Grizzlies are struggling. To defend the three but you couple that with the Grizzlies really struggling defending the paint and what occurs is, is that if the defense is not doing its job it doesn't help matters that Stephen Adams is a non-scoring threat on offense so basically when it comes to scoring options you're playing four on five right now Stephen Adams is not a consistent asset when he's in the lineup. I don't mean that to be a negative towards Stephen Adams. It's just that right now, there are teams the Grizzlies are playing that are able to find success because of the alignment that the Grizzlies have with Stephen Adams in the lineup. And as a result, you're probably going to have to mix and match when he's going to play a big role in games and when other players like a Brandon Clark last night or a Kyle Anderson really need to step up to act more as a starter than a reserve. But of course, the key about it is, is making adjustments as the game goes on. The starting lineup for the Grizzlies could stay the same. But if the Grizzlies figure out soon into games that the defense is not making the impact that it needs to, and that they're going to need to score as much as they can, Kyle Anderson is going to provide more offensive value. Brandon Clark is going to provide more offensive value the Grizzlies may need to make adjustments. So what I'm getting at is is that I don't think that last night should completely change how the Grizzlies align their rotations. I don't think that Steven Adams should lose his starting job. I don't think that Steven Adams should now be the 10th guy in the rotation. I'm not seeing anybody suggesting that. But I don't think that Steven Adams' overall value or potential with the Grizzlies is just completely ruined by last night's game. What I do feel is, is that the Grizzlies need to be more take more of an active approach they need to be very very active and make quick decisions on when to use what front court options based off the flow of the game you may have some games where steven adams rebounding screen setting and just overall him being a big going against a team with another big in a slow pace game that's where he's going to provide value but in games where there's quick pace it's more perimeter based you may need to go smaller with Kyle Anderson, Xavier Tillman, and Brandon Clark. So the thing I'm getting at is is that the starting lineup may not necessarily change, but the decision of which of the Grizzlies bigs to feature more often in certain games could change game to game based off matchup. And I do also think that this certainly is true. Not only should the Grizzlies go with the customized front office rotation approach based off matchup in games, but I do think that once again, we have found proof. Last night was the most valid proof that the Grizzlies have had of the blueprint for a closing lineup that they do need to stay consistent with. If the Grizzlies choose to stay consistent with their starting lineup, that's fine. If they if they need to customize the rotation as the game goes along, that's fine. But they have a structured blueprint of a closing lineup that I think more often than not are going to benefit the Grizzlies in high leverage and closing situations. That's Jaw at point, DeAnthony Melton at the two, Dylan Brooks when he comes back at the three, with Desmond Bain subbing in if Melton or Brooks were not able to be there, and then Kyle Anderson at the four with Jaron at the five. If one of those two aren't available, Brandon Clark coming in to play. When you have that lineup, the main lineup of Jaw, DeAnthony Melton, Dylan, Kyle Anderson, and J- Jaron Jackson Jr., once again, in my opinion, it's your best defensive lineup. That quartet of Melton, Dylan, Kyle, and Jaron is a very good defensive lineup, and you've got your star scorer in John ja Moran. Last night, a version of that lineup with Dylan Brooks being out, that version with Melton, Bain, Jaw, Kyle, and Jaron, it made all the difference in the world. And then when Jaron fouled out, Brandon Clark's energy came in and made all the difference in the world to seal the victory. So the big takeaway from last night is not only can the Grizzlies once again win, even when they're not at their best, when they needed to step up and get stops, they did it. That's a huge, huge confidence booster, in my opinion, for this Grizzlies team. But I think you also have a clear example. Yes, again, you can only put emphasis on one game. But the Grizzlies have nine other games where they have proof of what they were doing when it came to relying on their starting lineup. It wasn't working defensively more often than not, a heavy reliance on the Grizzlies starters was not leading to good results. Changing the approach to where you customize your front court rotations based off matchups, featuring Kyle or Xavier or Brandon where you need to, featuring Adams when you need to, making the right decisions of when to do that is going to be critical for the Grizzlies to have success. But also, while for much of the game, you may go with a customized approach That could differ between games. I do think that the Grizzlies also have valid proof they have a closing lineup blueprint that they should stay consistent with and rely upon. Ja, Melton, Dillon, Kyle, and Jaron. Subbing in Bane where you need to and subbing in BC. If you do that, you're going to get the two-way consistency that you need regardless of who you're playing more often than not to find yourself in position to win games. So yes, last night was a crazy night. There was a lot going on, and a lot of it was not necessarily the most positive for Memphis. But they got the win. And I also think, though it's just one game, the Grizzlies got valid proof of some adjustments they can make going forward that will make them more consistent when it comes to finding ways to win. A great victory for the Grizzlies, a wonderful development for Brandon Clark, Great to see the bench and the defense stepped up when it need to, but cannot be more excited for Brandon Clark moving forward, especially with once Dylan is back. Hopefully, some customization and some different rotation alignments can make this defense where it needs to be so the Grizzlies truly can have their bench and their defense as advantages once again. Can't thank you enough for enjoying this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name's Sean Coleman. Find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Find the show at Locked on Grizz. Hit subscribe below or listen and subscribe wherever podcasts are available. We'll be back with you tomorrow discussing Ja Morant. Is he truly producing like a top five point guard this year, as well as previewing the exciting matchup between LaMelo Ball and the Hornets as they come to visit Ja and the Grizzlies in Memphis. Have a wonderful Tuesday, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Have a great day.